99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though, with I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go No my hooky my welcome on in or welcome back to the 99 Drinks Podcast. As always, I am your host, Rawri, and I am so glad you are here today. Today I am so excited because this is one of my good friends. And yes, we did just catch up the other week, but I'm super excited for this episode. So Fano, without further ado, I'd love to introduce you all to Tasha Burden. Tasha, what's good? Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited for this one. Um for those of you who don't know, Tasha and I, along with Ashton, we did our honours together, kind of, not all in the same at all, but we were all in the struggle together. There was three of us that were the battlers. Tasha was <laughs> one of the three alongside Ashton Mess and myself. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into it, Tash, can you give us a bit of a call why Norway, who you are and where you're from? Yeah, cool. Um, kia ora everyone. I tipu aku o ki kiri kiri. Kei tauranga moana e noho ana i tēnei wā. Ko tēnei takamihi ki ngā tangata whenua o Aotearoa, ko Sue Rawa, ko Gary Okumatua, ko Anna Tokuteina, he pakia hau, ko Tash Bird and Tokuingua. Kia ora everyone, my name's Tash and I'm from Kirikiri and yeah, thanks for having me on here today. <laughs> oh, mi haroi hohe. Beautiful, beautiful words and thank you so much for introducing yourself in Te Reo Māori, even though you yourself are not Māori. Beautiful whānau. <laughs> It's amazing. But again, welcome to the show, Tash. So glad to have you here. As you said in your introduction, some of the whānau may not have picked that up, but you are now in Tauranga. What's yeah. it like over there? And what are you doing there? Um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good vibes. Um, moved up for a job working at Manawa Centre for Health as an exercise physiologist and a researcher working on some Kaupapa Māori health research project around COVID and um, the Māori community response. So that's the main reason I moved up. Um, Flatting in the mount, living the mount dream, living by the beach. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's cool. I think I've been here for like five months, but to be honest, I feel like I'm still kind of settling into it, eh? (laughs) <laughs> Yo, is, is it is it like you know a, a top ten destination for Fano to come and visit? Yes, absolutely. Come and visit me. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I reckon it is. Um, yeah, got the mount to climb up and the beach to swim in. Yummy food, yummy cafes. <laughs> Lots yeah. of little um towns around and little places which I haven't actually I haven't actually explored too much I've been to Tipuki a few times oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've gone up the um gone up one of the running trails there but I, pre- I probably should go out and explore more <laughs> <laughs> hey you got plenty of time you got plenty of time one thing I would yeah. love to ask is what drew you to Tauranga um it was probably well my grandma actually reminded me I always used to say when I was younger that I was going to move to to the mount because she lived there and like I always thought it would be a cool place like wasn't quite home was a little bit far away and it was the beachy vibes but um the reason I did move was for the job and I kind of yeah really wanted to work at this center and at this place because it is sort of that in my eyes anyway that interface between te ao Māori and exercise science which were my two interests at uni so I sort of, I wrote it down on a piece of paper and manifested it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the significance of this current role? And we'll dive into a little bit more of your two passions through university shortly, but what is, you know, your current role and how does that provide for your community? Um, so with the exercise clinic part, so there's clients that come in and will they have consults, um, sort of make a plan for their health journey and so my role in that is around helping them out in the gym with exercise and programming, which, to be honest, I'm still, I'm still learning the ropes because I'm still new here. <laughs> um, but I guess the cool part of it is that when they come in, they're not just looking at the exercise and that hour they're in here. It's considering 
everything um, that's going on in their life and other aspects of their health. So there's a midi midi practitioner, um, flow presso suit. It's quite a yeah. It's a, I guess it's like a cool whānau vibe in here as well. Like everyone's close and there's lots of banter going around. So yeah, that for that yeah the exercise part, exercise kind of part that's part of that role. Does that make sense? Yeah, that question? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the other research part is around um, kind of just documenting how there was um, the Bay of Prinny region did a cope of the Māori response within the community. Um, which obviously worked and served those communities, but it's is yeah, I can provide evidence to the ministry that it worked and went really well. Yeah, that's my kind of take on it at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, you're still fairly new into it, but yeah. it seems like you've got a pretty solid grasp of what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like um, I'm just like every day stoked to be here. I'm like, I'll just do anything. Like, do you want me to go take out the rubbish? Like, <laughs> Like, no, can you actually do some? <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's, that's just naturally who you are. You're always just stoked to be everywhere. You're, uh, as AMJ always puts it, you're a fizzer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, cool part of the job was um, getting to go to Timatatini last, oh, the other week. I was like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to be here. <laughs> I was just like talking to people. And so, what was your role within the whole time there up at Te Matatini? Um, I was helping with a, another research project that I'm not like actually on, just went there to support, um, roll out a Māori Heart Health Survey. And so, just um, engaging with people and filling out a survey on, on an iPad. Um, but yeah, again, it was just talking to people and yeah, so epic stuff. It's one thing that you're very good at. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll, we'll dive a little bit into, you know, um, your love for sport and exercise, physical activity and the old Māori. Yeah. When do you think that started for you? Um, I think that the physical activity and sports stuff was very much there in high school and I, I just looked at going doing that degree in Dunedin because I was like well I like that in high school so surely I like that at uni and I don't know what else to do and then continued to really enjoy the science stuff exercise science stuff I feel like I always had um like a little interest in Tao Māori even through high school like even if you talk to some of my high school friends that would be an art <laughs> everyone's like making we had to make clay stuff and everyone's making all this other stuff and I actually made these like all these like tiki <laughs> like, yeah. um, like oh no I was just always super fascinated by it um and then probably like wasn't didn't dive into it straight away in uni um but then yeah it would have been that second year or third year of him doing Anne-Marie's paper Anne-Marie's famous paper um where I you know I just frothed it and I was like wow this stuff's so cool but I like both so I want to do both (laughs) (laughs) and how how can it um exist you know together rather than separate yeah oh 100% it's hard eh? because it's you don't want to fuck Etsy one or the other yeah 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 for sure yeah we'll just completely separate them hard and so you said it started with that, that famous 206 paper that a lot of people hear about. You did 206 and 306 at the same time, eh? Because <laughs> yeah. we're in yeah, the and, same group in 306. And, and 316 with the tech putting of practicum. So. <laughs> That's right. With, um, you were with Royal uh, Moana. Kamiora. Um, Harms. And Tyrone. Oh, Tyrone, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. mini Shane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh and that that's when I um we Tyrone and I did our well, we actually all went to the Kura but then Tyrone and I like stayed on out there and that was so cool like being out of the Kura I really enjoyed that that's right those are your yeah. fire tash days eh? <laughs> I love being called fire tash <laughs> so 
all those experiences mm. prior to doing postgrad, how did that connect with what you were doing in the science realm? Mm. Um, all those experiences. Well, I think I think some of it was because I enjoyed, like I enjoyed both aspects. So I was like, why can't I do both? But I also felt like there was like a real gap to to enjoy both or learn about or consider both in both areas. And I also with, you know, you know, I love Isaac Fulbrook. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, he has like cool, cool papers on the use of um, exercise physiology and kaupapa Māori together. So I was like, well, I haven't learned about this. Um, so that would be cool. And then again, in my opinion like this place and this work is is kind of combining those two understandings for health and how you see things which like to be honest probably a lot of places already do have like te Māori and some form of western science but because I saw it on a paper by Isaac Ward I was like well this is this is groundbreaking (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess because not so many places publicly announce that they are merging the two worlds together. You're yeah. kind of left going, well, where does it all fit in? So that paper yeah. would have been the first you go, oh, let's go. Yeah, and, and like to be honest, like learning in, um, in Dunedin in that area, you know, wasn't put together. So, so yeah. And so yeah. what inevitably drew you back? Because you did um, your project with Jim and Ashton mm. in your yep. honours year. Uh, what drew you back to wanting to make sure that you had that split where you could come back into, um, well, not come back into, but be able to explore yeah. Dao Māori in research that you were passionate about? Yeah. I just, I feel like it, it's just always been, like I feel like it's something that morally, it's like really important to me, like, like be a good treaty partner you know like learn your stuff kind of thing and I um it was actually Lisa who said it to me on a on one of Chanel's volunteer weeks and we were talking about um kind of like being on Māori and being on a marae and like you know the the awkwardness and uncomfortable of uncomfortableness of it and she sort of said that's how in a lot of daily situations like school like the medical centre Māori feel when everything's so western and I was like that's so true like the least you can do is be uncomfortable for a weekend like (laughs) 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 and um and also like how cool to um like become more comfortable in that place and I reckon that's probably the the big reason why I wanted to like jump back into that space and keep learning in that space and then I sort of decided from there after my study that I'd always want to have a job that where I could just continue to learn and be in that space. Because I think if you if you don't, then you just forget about it <laughs> and you like don't keep trying, you know, like unless you really like wanting to and like learning outside, if that makes sense. <laughs> but one thing I will ask is how did your like how did those two worlds combine to help you with your master's thesis, which is what, by the way, if you want to elaborate. Which was um, looking at how kiorahi influences how water. So oh, that, that's another thing I was always really into when I was younger, which I think drew me to the Māori culture was kiorahi. I learned it at primary school. Um, really fun game. <laughs> um, so, sorry, what was the question? How did those two areas merge together in my master's or come together. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, I guess, I guess Kia ora here was kind of like the bridge to understand and merge both of those topics. So Kia ora here is like a, it's a physical game type of exercise, I guess. So I was able to use the um, exercise science principles to understand you know how it affects our heart rate blood pressure how if there's any changes in our blood lactate which show the intensity of the game 
which means it's really good for our physical health um, and distance travel. Um, someone did travel four and a half k while playing Kiorahi, which is pretty cool. I think almost like going for a run. Um, and then understanding how Kiorahi influences high water, so from a more holistic perspective, using kaupapa from Maori, and that's where that kind of other worldview came in. So yes, in that worldview, it was recognised that um, Kiorahi is a physical game, and so yeah, it's important for our health, but. There's also other elements like the social aspect or even people just coming to watch the game was important for their high water. Even if they're not physically engaging in the game, it was still uplifting um, connection to culture and identity through learning the pūrāko and um, having the karakia at the beginning of the game or, yeah, all, all lots of different elements that can also contribute, yeah. And it's those little things, eh, like, you know, the pūrāko, the karakia, um, that all add to the bigger picture of what makes kia ora i, kia ora i. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And what were some of your findings, did you think? Um, one, so with the, the physical exercise, it was, it was kind of like characterising the game and it showed that, it, yes, it is an intense game and, uh, the level of intensity intensity has um, important benefits for our cardiovascular and metabolic health. But in terms of the other side, oh, main finding, Kyodahi is a taonga, a treasure, um, for a few reasons. Man, I should have should have gone over it. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of them was yeah that connection to the Maori culture. So for Maori as a way to either engage back into their culture or for non-Māori to, to kind of, as like a starting point to learn more. Um, and what was <laughs> Hey, it's um, like that though. Once you finish it, you're just like, oh man, that's done. Move on. <laughs> um, yeah, there were a whole, maybe cut this bit out. <laughs> um Hauru was uplifted and enhanced in each in each element um, of Te Whare Tapawha. And, yeah, so the main kaupa Māori themes were taonga tuka iho, so the taonga um, and playing the game was a way of um, transmitting that mātauranga with the game from the past to the present. And then another one was ako Māori, so playing the game involved a lot of Māori pedagogies um, which people enjoyed and found rewarding. Yeah. I really should have, I should have gone over that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. There's no stress at all. Now, <laughs> I know you and I know for you, and like we've already picked up on through a lot of the corridor that you've just said, but Hawara and, you know, being physically active, staying healthy and fit is a huge thing for you. Mm. Why is that? Um, I think, I think for me, it's like such a, like a mental outlet, like if you're feeling stressed or, you know, feeling not super positive for me, exercise is my way of kind of getting over things or cheering myself up. Um, and yeah, like, I guess I quite enjoy going for runs and listening to music. So it just, and I know when I haven't exercised in a while because, you know, my headspace is getting all, all foggy. Used to say, actually, when we're doing our honours, if um if I hadn't exercised in the morning, I'd be, like, in a real shit mood in the lab. <laughs> I think I would be a bit of a bitch sometimes. <laughs> I think Ashton alluded to a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, so I'd be like, okay, got to make sure I do my exercise, otherwise... I'm not going to be positive vibes. And that's yeah, I think, it too, right? Yeah. You need yeah, I think, I think now I've also kind of realised that there's a point where you can, not saying I over-exercise at all, but sometimes there's, there's other things that contribute to your mindset and how you're feeling like sleep and other ways of managing stress, not just exercise, like going, going for a swim in the ocean or um, like just like, even just going for a light walk 
um, in the bush or something, not having to, because my mindset was always go for a big, long run and go hard. <laughs> but that's also can sometimes just pick and pile up and not actually help as well. So <laughs> <laughs> you you go from one extreme to the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just learning to about life's balance. Right, right. So what do you think the biggest takeaway for you is then upon all of your learnings about how to balance, you know, that work, life, stress, exercise, too much, too little? Yeah. Honestly, I still, I feel like I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) Still Um, a work in progress. I think I'm someone that really likes to be super busy and I I hate it when I've got kind of got too much downtime. but then, then that's also important. Um, I think my biggest takeaway is sleep is really important. Um, mm. Get your sleep in and just be as busy as you want. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then also re- like recognizing that everyone's everyone's different for how they go with looking after their house and health and managing their stress. So. For some people, they need that alone time and not social time. And some people need more of it and to be go, go, go um, all the time. Because then sometimes you get caught in that cycle of, oh, well, if they're doing that, then maybe I need to do that. And like, why don't I feel like that? So just realising and trusting what you know, what makes you tick, I guess. But mm. To be honest, still figuring that out. <laughs> hey aren't we all though that, that's just a part of life and as we grow it changes like for me it yeah. used to be I used to just love to just be alone all the time and then as I've yeah. grown it's like oh I feel like now I just need to be busy all the time and if I'm not busy then I feel like I should be and I need to be doing yeah. something I get real edgy yeah. and nah, it's got to yeah. be left to it now yeah yeah absolutely like I almost uh this sounds kind of depressing but I almost don't enjoy like that Christmas holiday break like it's too long like you know <laughs> Like, like need to get back into work and a, and a good routine and I don't know a lot of people would disagree but you know. I guess it's different though because like here everyone's working all year and they, they, they live for that and our Christmas holidays isn't a winter wonderland like it is in the states so it's not a time to be inside and cozy yeah. up it's a time to go yeah. out and party that's why so many people are like yeah nah summer's outside yeah, I kind of yeah. agree with you I just want to work through summer yeah yeah, and, and to be fair, I have just sort of started the, the working career, so. Same, same. I mean, this is the first summer we've had where we're not like, well, I mean, one of us has finished university completely. The other one's got like a foot in a foot out. Won't say who's who, but yeah. you just take a guess. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, so um, another thing I was going to ask you is like, what's the importance for you, because you're out there doing triathlons, this is this is going along that whole water line, but you're out there doing those triathlons and bloody marathons, the, anything that ends with an on and like finishes with like a day of pain and like recovery. Like, why is that? Um, I think, well, it's it's motivating to have something to train for and kind of like a purpose, like if I know I've got something up that something an event coming up um like well I better actually train for that and yeah it kind of gives reason and motivation um then I also I love doing those events as well um like it you know normally go and do them with friends or meet like lots of my home friends are quite keen on those events so we meet up and do the half marathon and it's you know it's a social thing as well um it's a good weekend getaway yeah so that's why I really like it and then yeah I guess I just I sort of enjoy all that kind of training um being in Jim's lab group there's there was kind of this um everyone just kind of ran like everyone would go for runs so, um, running from your problems yeah <laughs> yeah literally um like yeah after the lab group meeting and there's so many cool running tracks in Dunedin so I think that that kind of opened me up to that side of training and enjoyment kind of wanting to fit in wanting to be in the crew (laughs) (laughs) 
Man, y'all look yeah. crazy. Y'all look crazy. <laughs> I, I seen you guys running. We we did that <laughs> that one we did for Travis, but like there was a oh, few of us yeah. that didn't run. We drove there. Because, you know, well, they'd be waiting a few days for us to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> that one where um I dressed up as Jim and Elliot dressed up as Travis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That yeah, was a good time. Those questions were funny, yeah. Drew some calf muscles on. <laughs> <laughs> even, then, even then even uh, then just just can't quite capture how how no. immaculate his bloody calves are and for anyone who doesn't know go take a bloody gym cotter paper down in Dunedin and you will be in all the man can't wear jeans he can't wear trousers they're too bloody big yeah funny now that you're in Tauranga and you've been in Dunedin for how many years were you down there for for six years six what's yeah. it like not you know going back honestly i still miss it i'm still mourning to meet him <laughs> um yeah i don't know i really um i really really enjoyed my time down there um it's it's weird not going back and not having that student lifestyle i guess but also Dunedin, you kind of kind of move past that point where it was um um, studying down there like it was my home and you know like because it was working there and most people my age that were still there were kind of like living there as well it wasn't yeah that kind of casualness of student life although there were still the good student vibes um <laughs> so honestly it's it's weird not going back to Dunedin and I've talked to a lot of people about this how much um I still miss it and a lot of people have said you need to get over it and move on <laughs> I, I kind of have this like this feeling that I will move back there one day. It is it is a beautiful place, eh? And the people yeah. there are amazing. Yeah. I think I feel... um people think I just miss the like the student stuff and like all my family, like, oh you just miss the drinking and going to the oxygen, but like it's actually the place and like all the running tracks and <laughs> Te Koringa and Unipo and <laughs> my good friends that still live there. <laughs> I was going to say that, eh? like Te Koringa, like before Te Koringa, I couldn't wait to get out of Dunedin. Yeah. Like I was ready to be on the first flight up out of there. But then yeah. once getting into Te Koringa, it was like, ah, oh, man, I could stay a little bit longer and I stayed a little bit longer. Yeah. They just make it that place a home, I think, because you, you oh, know. You, yeah. Connect Absolutely. with Brennan and Susie out in Karitahane, um, yeah. other communities around Dunedin. You're yeah. well known. You link up with all the students that come through for those, um, what are those, those year 10 science things that they do. Yeah. So you know a few of the kids in the community and they remember you too when you're yeah. walking around down there. Yeah, and all like the Kiorahi in schools as well, like that, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I was, I was thinking this morning actually going to Ōtaki was like such it was almost felt like well, it was only my second time going but kind of felt homely like seeing everyone and then watching the interns today on the zoom like oh like i feel at home <laughs> even though i would have been shit scared if i was doing a presentation <laughs> i wouldn't have felt like i was at home <laughs> Hard out, and like you said, like when we were in Ōtaki last week, or whenever you're listening to this, we were there a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> but we were there to celebrate uh, Dr. Trina and her amazing accomplishments. But like Tash just said, it it just felt like we were coming back for a final reunion, seeing everyone again face to face, and it was pretty yeah. much like the whole crew was there. Yeah, like we brought back Uncle Two. Um, all the regular PhDs were there, minus Inano, who's over in Rarotonga. But yeah. um, she was there in Wairua, guaranteed. But yeah. what a what an experience, eh? Like, yeah. that was so cool. And I just, I love how seeing everyone, like, it doesn't change, you know? Like, yeah. seeing Sikahurangi, I just, because like I saw her yesterday. <laughs> you still would join at the hip for how long? For at least the first, like, 15 hours. Yeah. I know, we were just lying down in the marae. I just, like, we didn't know where everyone went to. We were just having a good catch-up. He probably just wanted to give you two some alone time. Here are all the life updates. 
yeah no it was so awesome and yeah and such a cool cool experience getting to watch that and see that did that motivate you to want to maybe do a phd anytime soon (laughs) I don't know if it did that. It made me want to go to more of PhD oral defense and stuff. Hey, exactly. I'm like, I, hey, I will come back for everything. I, it more motivated me, like, I want to stay in Tikkoringa, you know, like, keep my fingers in there. <laughs> um, it, and so if, if that eventually got to the point where you have to do a PhD to be still in Tikkoringa, then, yeah, then maybe. <laughs> Write your whole PhD thesis yeah. on why I still want to be in the corona. <laughs> I'm only doing this so I can stay on the Facebook page. <laughs> Don't want to get that FOMO. Yeah, literally. <laughs> what what did it mean to you, you know, being part of that? Or what does it mean, sorry? What does yeah. it mean to you being part of the Tokoroma whānau? Um... I feel like it means so much. Um, <laughs> classic answer, it means so much. Um, I, yeah, I feel like I'm so, I don't even know how to like put it into words, but it, it one big thing is that whole entry point and just existing in a te ao Māori space, like everyone in there makes you feel so, it makes me feel so comfortable and safe and encouraging and that's something that's really important in my life and how I live um and then everyone in there also majorly supported me through my master's which was also a big I guess thing that happened in my life so that that's always going to mean mean massive mean massive to me (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's, it's just the like it's just the vibes as well like it's just the people that you can that, that you hang out with and you just laugh and get ripped out or you know on the occasional days you do you leave and you feel shit you've been ripped out <laughs> and you question your existence no, <laughs> no I'm just man you trying to get me cancelled no, I was, I was kidding about that. I was kidding about that. Um, For the final at home, I I used to I used to press touch. We used to give her a hard time. I know. I was I was actually saying this to Ashton that um, it's like the same at my new workplace. I'm kind of the one that gets ripped out. <laughs> I told you it's you, man. You just give off like pick on me vibes. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, even even Anne Marie like Loki said the day when we went to that. <laughs> get that brownie after at Eureka. I remember that time like she like roasted you a little bit for that time you like stayed over at the Highlanders with everyone else went home. (laughs) And everyone spoke to Del Māori the whole time. (laughs) But I did get to have uh, a nohal with all the Highlanders. (laughs) We're not calling them that. Yeah. How'd that go for you? (laughs) They sit on one side of the and I sit on the other side. <laughs> oh, nah. But what I love about the Koronga is the fact that they make like excellence accessible. Mm. So coming through, like you, you see like the likes of Charles Tirina, Doctor Tirina, uh, soon to be Doctor Nahui, uh, Doctor Chanel, Professor yeah. Amory Jackson. Um, you know, Benja, even two back then, you look at all of them, you're like, ah, they're all these, like, up there as people, I'd never get there, all goods, I'm just happy, you know, to get my degree and bounce, but then as you sort of get to know them a little bit more, especially my time through Pema, you're like, man, so you can, like, just make it happen, they're like, well, we don't, AMJ makes it happen, we just have to fulfil it. And so I'm like, far out, that's so crazy, and yeah, Te Koronga really does make, like, academia accessible that yeah. removes that whole you've got to be a onto it talking a kind of follow to even think about getting a phd or think about getting a yeah. honors or a master's yeah so like you kind of go through that like you know what i'm not going to be able to get it to this recording a standard like i just need to submit and then everyone is just there helping you so much um one not letting you submit it if it should but also just like giving you all the advice support editing um oh what's the almost like is that 
pastoral care like you know just like oh, yeah lots of that <laughs> like like being there for you emotionally and with yummy food as well so <laughs> man i ate so much towards those last few months eh? so much yummy food <laughs> it's what you're supposed to do that's a part of the whole order aspect of of yeah. getting over the line like i remember receiving that when i was doing my honors yeah i think i'm thinking i'm past the uh pastoral care at the moment i'm getting <laughs> tough love now <laughs> how are you getting tough love from everyone yeah 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 it's the hurry up and finish it man yeah. <laughs> when am i gonna see it done i'm like man same time i am <laughs> but i want to i want to get it over the line yeah just, it's just a matter of when you know yeah we've got a whole bunch of other things coming yeah you do have a lot line. you do have a lot going on which is the perfect time to plug that um 99dreams.co.nz you can jump online grab a hoodie we've got multiple colors we've got blue pink black ivory and purple so if you want to go check them out i'm currently wearing the ivory you can't really see the 99 dreams too well in this but i like it because it's subtle you can see it if you're up close and personal but 99dreams.co.nz check out the website Barno. love it now back to the podcast What do you think has been your biggest learning from, you know, growing up in Kitty Kitty, flying down to Dunedin, studying at Otago, doing your undergrad for a few years, and then going into postgrad, transitioning through into Te Koronga, and now in Tauranga? Mm. I feel like lots of learnings. I feel like the main one I think of is like around passion you know if you are passionate about something and super into something then everything will fall into place and you'll have the motivation to do that um and if it yeah if you've got the passion the opportunities will open up and you will find yourself there and I feel like yeah all like through all those moments I've always kind of like been led by what I'm interested in not by what you know I should should go and do like don't get me wrong I definitely think about what I should be doing and what other people are thinking (laughs) but if I look at the whole big picture I think I've always just kind of stuck to what I'm passionate about me yeah all right there I definitely can see it too definitely can see (laughs) it you're very driven by what you want to do yeah it's it's amazing not everyone has their strength (laughs) what because we were both in um fortunate enough to be a teaching assistant to professor Amory jackson in her Mm. final year and teaching her to a six paper what do you think the biggest learning point for you from that around leadership was because we did that during covid the second wave yeah yeah that was that was quite full-on i um but also really cool experience um biggest learning stuff around that was I think personally you've kind of got to talk with confidence and be confident in what you're saying so there was times I was giving out advice and I was like oh god is this right but you know if if you like talk with confidence and believe what you're saying then others are going to believe it but especially during that time was just um being able to engage with the students and like genuinely care what's going on in the in the uni life because like uni is is stressful and tough um and I almost I almost reckon undergrad's harder than postgrad because you have like all these papers going on and these assignments that sometimes like I mean there's purposes to assignments but sometimes it's like you've got to do an assignment on something and you're just like what is the relevance here you've got three assignments <laughs> and um you've got flat stuff going on you might have family stuff going on or you might have your own stuff going on so I think I think yeah we I don't know if you'd agree but what we really found during the time if you just talk to people and ask how they're going then it makes it easier to do stuff around the paper and the paper assignments way easier because that you know feeling more relaxed and comfortable that you're not going to be like if you don't hand this in by 5 p.m friday you're failing (laughs) 
So and that's the thing too. Eh? We, well, I learned a lot of empathy doing that paper because you're like, mm. man, it like I know what it's like to be in your shoes, but now you're locked in a in, in a house for how many yeah. weeks with flatmates? You may have been like already battling with prior to being locked down yeah. with them. So you're like, look, I understand things are hectic. Get a week, hand it in. No yeah. stress. And that can just make so much of a difference and because oh, yeah. you want you want everyone to succeed and do well like you're not out there to to make them look bad or anything especially in that paper too right like yeah. you want people to succeed especially in, in like the only maori paper that you get at the 200 level in pe you mm. want them all to succeed at the, because yeah, you want, want them all to enjoy it as well as so they carry on like. yeah <laughs> Because it is amazing, and that paper specifically like opens your eyes as to how the Maori can be implemented into almost anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I said, um, I said on the way on the drive back from Ōtaki to AMJ and Chanel, like if they want any help with the noho, I'll be keen as to come down. <laughs> oh yeah. So hopefully. What do they say? I don't know if they actually. I think they just smiled and nodded. So. <laughs> I think that's a polite no way. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> nah. <clears throat> so for those of you who don't know, you get a overnight or two night, eh? The Friday night and the Saturday night normally. Yeah. Noho. That was that was so much fun. Um, I think my first time is what really got me hooked into Pema, and then. Mm. helping out afterwards is what i just fell in love with those in the hall they were they were they were something else say tash yeah yeah that's that is also when i was in that first year camp in the hall and i actually think it was too and um he was doing all like the fun for nonatanga games and i remember thinking one this is really fun but also two like imagine if i could like you know <laughs> help out at a normal one day and like lead out on these games but you are definitely the person that leads out on the games but like (laughs) (laughs) um but it was like yeah that was kind of like another little goal you know like how cool to kind of become part of that kind of group and support that I think that's another like really amazing strength of AMJ is the trust that she has in her students yourself myself Mm. to call on that to just let us do that because those noho aren't she's there but not really she's in the background doing her own mahi it's led by the students and so you know to trust Mm. um us eventually we got in there eventually yeah you know that responsibility holy heck that was huge yeah what what, what was the emotions and feelings going through your (laughs) mind and through your body the the first time you got to lead out at at an oh i was i was probably nervous i was nervous the whole time (laughs) Nah, not the whole time, but I was like, I almost wanted her to say, explicitly say, you know, I trust you to do this. <laughs> but, you know, she doesn't say that. <laughs> um, I think I think it's more of a cool feeling at the end of it, you know, like in hearing if all the students enjoy it. And But no, nah, most, most of the whole have been great. Um, <clears throat> I remember my first few times leading out at Noho, I was just, shadowing i just i had i think so your first noho where two let out on all the games mm. i think i had to be his assistant at kiorahi just running the um med pack around but there were so many people rolling their ankles and then i'm like what are you up to if you need to just sit down but getting <laughs> stepped by charlie who was like what probably nine at the time yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah it's, I, I think yeah it would have been i probably could have probably could have done some more more shadowing to be honest <laughs> well by the time you got there i'm pretty sure it was like that was it we we, we are the ones giving yeah. the shadow now <laughs> yeah. yeah that was that was all good that was cool no that that's the thing time. you've got everyone like you're not actually doing it on your own anyway so oh yeah hard out yeah like you've always got so much support yeah. i was lucky enough to um come through with benja and them and follow them yeah. around for a few years while i was in pema yeah yeah and honestly to be honest you know she, she oh, did yeah. a long dog. 
she, she is she's solid. Down pegs, yeah. She is solid. She, she, she is a co-pop girl. She, she used to go to all the hui back in the day. Yeah. No man, anyway. So yeah, yeah, she, she knows how to run it, and she yeah. knows how to run it effectively. Yeah, yeah. She definitely does. <laughs> Word effectively, <laughs> without interference. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I always just said, "Hey, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, she holds her own. She gets, she gets shit done. Fine, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm more of a just, uh, if I can get a laugh and have some fun, that that's me. I'm done. <laughs> that's my role at the Noho. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tash, Tash is the queen of Kiorahi. That that's her. That's her role at the Noho. She's got them outdoor activities sussed. <laughs> So, looking ahead, what does 2023 look like for Tash? Well, I think I think a big part of it is um, still learning and adapting to the, the new lifestyle in Tauranga and I guess like the working life and um, stuff around my job. I think my job still, which is really, which I really am grateful for, is like still involves a lot of learning and like to do on my own as well which is cool so I'm gonna do um my clinical exercise physiologist registration so I need to do some more study on the side around that physiology stuff which will which will be good um so I need to get on, need to get on top of that um, <laughs> um and then it's it's really cool because project I'm working on I'm doing with someone else who is way more experienced than me but like heaps of have already learned so much off her so um all in that area kaipapa maori te ao maori there's so much more to learn as well so you know a year of learning um but yeah i don't i mean something else big going up um got just got tickets to go to sydney to go to the state of origin so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so up the blues. Be, so that will be cool. Um, and yeah, just continue to work on my health and fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've got a very busy year ahead, packed with a lot of growth, a lot of learning, but also you got some fun sprinkled in there along yeah. the way. Yeah, absolutely. You, you best be wearing a New South Wales jersey when you head over. Yeah. No, I will. I will. Yes. Do you have one I can borrow? Uh, no, nah, I don't actually own one. Do you remember when I, when I, um, I wore that Tom Brady Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For that dress up? That was funny. I, I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to find a, a Blues jersey for you somewhere. Yeah. Okay, let me know. <laughs> Definitely. But now we've reached that time in the show that everybody loves. I really want to get like a, a jingle. No, like a cheese. It's the dream deposit box. My favorite box in the, the entire world. The dream deposit box. Oh. So cool. in here we deposit everybody's dreams. And the reason it's this particular box is because on the cover it says always remember when they doubted you. See, always remember when they doubted you. That's cool. And so in here, every guest has shared with us at least one dream. It doesn't have to just be one, it can be multiple. Um I think I've had the most shallowest dreams placed in here. I think one of them was to, um, you know, own a McLaren, which is a like a $300,000 car. Um, I hope to write a book one day, not my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh. write, though, recently to complete my master's thesis in 2023. Nice. So cool. hopefully we achieve that. Um, Good. Barry, aka Bear King, you know, his dream is to live at least past 30. So he wants to, you know, make it to his 30th birthday, which is quite deep, I thought, but such yeah. a beautiful facado. Um, David Matsis uh, wants to marry Dua Lipa. Maybe I don't have the shallowest dream in here. I forgot <laughs> that one was in there. Um, what else have people written? Uh, Danny Douglas wants to graduate and walk the streets of Dunedin. Cool. So, Tash, 
what are your dreams? We'll put them on this little notepad and then on that back wall there, when you achieve it, we'll put up an image or a little token of you achieving those dreams. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, I think I've got three. Three. Perfect. Okay. So I, I don't know if this, this might be like a, a bit of a broad one, but I think, I think my biggest dream would be like just to be like just looking at this my whole lifespan like just be happy and healthy you know like just be so content healthy fit knowledgeable I think I think that that's all you could ask for in life (laughs) (laughs) how am I gonna stick that on the wall just uh, you at 80 years old smiling yeah maybe just like a check-in photo every year every year progress picks yeah (laughs) um another dream would be to um run the kepler which is um in the south island i think it's about 60 kilometers i really i really want to do that one day 60 kilometers Bro, what the heck? I know. Okay. <laughs> and am I, how many am I allowed to put on? We'll cut you off at about four. Okay, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, um, I'll just go for uh, three. Um, last one, and I think it's, I think it's because a couple of people have done it at work, but, and I think because of the space, I really want to like work in and stay in I would really like to become fluent in te reo Māori and I think I guess yeah maybe the, the dream on the paper could be to do the um year-long course that they they have here and it's like full immersion someone in my work is doing it oh someone did it last year and then someone has just started this week and she said that every I've had people come in and talk about it and everyone says like it gets really tough and hard but then there's been examples of people that have like no no real at all and um get way better and i reckon that like you can have the right intentions and want to work in a maori space as a non-maori but you gotta learn the language at some point <laughs> hard out hard out and that so, is that that is a beautiful dream i think with that one take a photo of that certificate once you get it yeah put it up there and maybe write a little mihi at the maori yeah cool oh that's awesome cool. i love that last dream and one thing my uncle says um who did his whole bloody phd on the revitalize um the revitalization of the maori is that you are fluent already in the words that you know so it's mm. just about increasing fluency in the words you don't oh. so you are already fluent and you should be proud of how far you are because you are fluent in the words you do know. It's the That's words cool. you don't know, but you can't be mad that you don't know words you don't know because you don't know them. That's so cool. always be proud of where you are in your journey. Even if you think that you're way behind others, you're still ahead of other people and your own journey is your personal journey. So yeah, that's my uh, gift to oh, you cool. from my uncle was that you're always going to be fluent no matter where you are in your journey. <laughs> oh, cool so yeah and now we're at the part of the the podcast where we we dig a little bit deeper and if mm, let's go with let's go with maybe 19 year old tash if you were sitting down across the table from 19 year old tash and you you know had a moment to chat with her you know what would you say um that's a good one what would i say so I would have been second year, I think, eh? Or first year. <laughs> um, or, so, but I don't know if you should. So in, in high school, I would always say, like, and to be honest, I actually still say it. Like, I'll say to people, like, it's all good, eh? And I, I said it so much that I got it on my back of my jersey. It's like the slogan. People get their nicknames and slogans that say, mine said, it's all good, eh? And I can't believe I'm 24. I'm still saying it, but <laughs> but um, I would probably tell my 19 year 19 year old self that it's that it's gonna be all good. 
<laughs> and that you know you'll it will happen and you'll get through uni or whatever but um I'll probably tell my 30 year old self to tell my 24 year old self it's all good <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that though at least you're consistent and it's, it's not you know life-changing advice you're not going to alter what's already happened you know yeah. not that we can alter what's happened but you're you're effectively saying that you're happy with where you are you, you don't want to say mm. anything that's going to affect where you may end up yeah yeah for sure and, you, yeah. and you're doing it in the most harsh way possible <laughs> <laughs> well i guess then you may have already answered it in that is when you look ahead five to ten years mm. and you reflect on this particular podcast episode and what, what you have said in this episode, mm. is there anything you'd like to say or ask yourself in five to ten years when you look back on this? Um, man, I should have asked you to tell me these questions and I could have really deeply thought about it before. <laughs> Um, Jack said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably, yeah, like, are you asking my future self, you know, are you, are you still, are you still doing what you love? Are you still kind of like living for your main, main purpose? Or are you, you know, because if you're not living for your, your dreams and your passion, then change that up. <laughs> But, you know, obviously, like, other things come into play, then you sometimes can't always just follow your dreams and do what you want. Or can you? You know, we're on the 99 Dreams podcast, so. Look, anything can happen. It doesn't matter when. doesn't matter how. You can just make it happen. You don't have to achieve your dreams overnight. And if you find yourself stuck, you can always leave that mm. and try something new. You yeah. don't. I'm not saying, you know, if you're not happy, say hypothetically Tash you, in five to ten years you're working at McDonald's and you're unhappy and you've got nothing else to do and you're like I'm quitting this job and you know I want to find something maybe don't do that maybe <laughs> maybe find a job first and then quit <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. what I'm trying to say is that anything is possible if you want it to happen mm. if you really want it to happen put a plan aside make it happen and achieve it yeah the only thing that stops you is yourself so I reckon yeah, nice words. Tash in five to ten years when you're watching this again. Just do it. If you're not already doing it. Yep. And if you're already doing it, proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> what would you say, like, if five to ten years from now Tash isn't in the in the space where she's, you know, happy and thriving, if mm. she's in a rut, what, what what's something that you'd love to say to her now with the perspective that you have currently mm. to try and shift that focus? I'm sure it's not going to happen, but, you know, it might be refreshing to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would I say? I would say get outside, <laughs> go for some in the ocean, do some exercise, write down everything that you're grateful for and everything that's good in your life. Oh, actually, and then I would say, because I, I actually just saw this on Instagram, um, write down on one side of a piece of paper from a time that you're really happy or, you know, life's going good and everything that was going on. So what were you doing in the morning? What were you having for breakfast? Who were you hanging out with? What was your daily routine? Then on the other side of the piece of paper, write on what's going on now and see see where you need to fill in the gaps and what, what changes you can make. That would be my advice. Beautiful <laughs> advice. That's, that's amazing advice. Um, I feel like that's something I could do now, you know, just yeah. write that down and put it away somewhere and then just come back yeah. to it. Yeah, but yeah, because like it's, e it's easy to think back to, oh, so happy, this, things were so good at this time, and think about, you know, some things you can't change, you know, circumstances, that's just tough luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's just life, but hey, as long as you can sort of get yourself into that mind frame of look at the positives, look mm. at where you were, let's try it not replicate that but let's try and get back to that the same feeling yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> and so as the clock starts ticking on and we start winding up the episode is there anything you want to leave the whanau with the 99 dreams whanau as as we begin to say goodbye um just buy rawadi's merch 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're looking for the place to go and find it, find it. It's 99dreams.co.nz. Go and check it out. <laughs> No, no, I plug. Think, <laughs> no, I don't think I have anything too inspirational to say. Just thanks for having me on and um, letting me chat. It just felt like oh, a catch-up. <laughs> it, it really was, but there's so much little nuggets in there mixed throughout it. I'm sure people at home are going to pick up on a lot of that <laughs> and be thankful for it. And for the final at home, that are looking to find Tash, where can we find you? Where on social media are you? Or where can we find you in Tauranga? Um, Up the mount at 6am? <laughs> well, actually, I am doing <laughs> one of my goals for the year is running up the mount 52 times. Oh, so nice. Well, there you go, Farno. Once a week, but I'm three weeks behind, so. <laughs> well, there you go, Farno. This is your best shot is finding her. Is she'll be up that mount at least one of these days this week. <laughs> um... But no, my Instagram. Oh, you'll probably tag me, won't you? And the- I'll put it all down below. But um, I just, I just, if if I miss it, just in case it's I miss it, I really don't. Tasha underscore Burton. There we go, Farno. So go hit her up. Lovely person, kindest person you'll ever meet. Even if you do want to roast her, I mean, it's pretty hard not to. But we love you, Tasha, and thank you so much for coming on the show. No thank worries. you for your time, there, Hoa. Thank And to you. everybody else. Thank you so much for uh, listening in. This has been Tasha Burden on the 99 Dreams podcast. I'm your host, as always, at Aori. And until next time, Fano, kakete, stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>